Hello, New York Giants fans. Welcome to Everything New York Giants. My name is Adriana, also known as New York Giants Fangirl on Instagram and TikTok. I am your host of the podcast. Today, we are recapping the Giants win over the Bears. Yesterday, they won 20 to 12. And our New York football Giants are three and one for the first time in 11 years. And I know there's been a lot of talk that we're probably the worst three and one football team out there, but it doesn't matter because we're three and one. This team is fighting until the last second of every game. And I know so many of us are probably so sick of hearing that this team fights for 60 minutes. We heard it with Joe Judge and they didn't fight for 60 minutes. But when Brian Dable says it, he is not messing around and he's not wrong because this team has done it they're in it till the end and they are winning the games that they should be winning and that includes even the fact that they're missing any good wide receiver is not on the field and yesterday we lost about 10 different players to some sort of injury so like Dable said in his post-game speech in the locker room, every single guy in this locker room is important. And if you are getting the opportunity to be on the field, you better make something of it. And we're going to go through a lot of these guys because they did. They made something of it and they are proving that they deserve a spot on this roster. And you got to love it. I think a lot of it has to do with coaching. And, you know, we're going to go through the players and talk about the good things and the bad things, of course, but this coaching staff, my God, they all deserve a medal <laughs> for so many different reasons. But the coaching is a huge part of why these guys are winning, and it's a huge reason as to why they're all fighting till the end and why they're winning games. So as always, let's start with the offense. Now, the first thing we need to talk about with this offense is that Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley are carrying it on their backs. And my God, they must be exhausted <laughs> because they are doing everything they possibly can to get this offense going and to win games. And when we don't have receivers that are reliable, they're not even on the field. And if they're on the field, they can't catch the ball. So Jones has no one to throw to. Saquon is running the ball and he is running it the best that we've ever seen him. If he keeps up like this, there is no doubt he's going to be better than his rookie year. And what could be better for that as Giants fans? I know there's been some talks about him potentially being traded. And I know this could go back to the OBJ conversation when at the time when OBJ was traded, you know, he was the best player on the team. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But you could argue the same now, right? Is Jones is not Jones. Barkley is the best player on the team. And I really don't see it happening. I the whole offense is built around Saquon that without him, we don't have anything. So there's a possibility that when if Kadarius Tony comes back, we're definitely gonna see Wandale Robinson. I think he's got a good shot of playing against the Packers this week, but there's the chance that when we, you know, get some receivers back, they 
you know, they're going to open up the offense. There's no doubt that we're going to be seeing more passing opportunities. But the main focus of this offense is going to continue to be to run the ball. And why would they switch that up, right? We've seen that in the past where Pat Shermer is a perfect example. They would have success in the first half, either running the ball or passing, whatever it was they were doing. And then they'd come out the second half and do the complete opposite and then lose the game. So the coaching staff is doing what works. So you're not going to give up the run game, even if you have amazing receivers in there. You're going to mix it up, of course, but you're never not going to give Saquon the opportunity to succeed and run the ball because he's been incredible. So some quick stats overall with the offense here. The Giants offense as a whole had 44 carries for 262 yards, which is the highest rushing yardage since they had 308 yards versus Carolina in December 2008, 14 years ago. We have not had a great run game since then. Actually, more like since after the 2012 Super Bowl. But feels good to have a run game. 44 rushing attempts is the highest since they had 44 against Washington in 2017. Again, these stats go back years, obviously, because the last few years have been um, torturous, to say the least, of Giants fans. Okay, so let's move along to the quarterbacks now. So, um, the, you know, this is the first time that we're talking about some backup quarterbacks, and unfortunately, it looks like it's probably not going to be the last. So let's talk about Jones, who had six carries for 68 yards and two rushing touchdowns, and he played his butt off yesterday. He even was, I won't say arguing, but when he came out with the ankle injury, and we'll get to injuries at the end, Dable said in his post game that... Jones tried to tell him he was going back in, and Dable said, I watched you on the sidelines, and you can't run like you normally can run. You're not going in the game. And he said that he had to protect him because Jones was just, he's tough, you guys, and you can crap on him for a lot of things, but you cannot say that he's not tough because he went back out there and he did what he had to do, did the best that he could do um, to win the game, which made Saquon the quarterback and Jones calling the plays out there. But he had a really, really great game yesterday. And if he didn't come out with that ankle injury, there'd probably be less arguing on Twitter today, probably. Um, So for the pass game, he went 8 for 13 for 71 yards. He was sacked once and his QB rating was 92.3. So again, Overall, another really good day for Jones. And the biggest thing that I can say about Jones is I've seen major improvement week after week after week. So hopefully he comes back 100% on Sunday and we can watch that progression continue. And we get 17 games out of him because I know everyone's first thought last night was when he walked off with that ankle was, here we go. Daniel Jones can't stay healthy. So I hope that that is not the case and that he can stay healthy and he will play against the Packers. Time will tell. Moving on to Tyrod Taylor, who had three carries for 30 yards. Now, one thing about Taylor is, and we saw this yesterday, three carries for 30 yards, excellent runner. Great job at extending plays. 
Um, and, you know, how good did it feel to ha- know that when Jones went out, we had a competent backup quarterback who not only can run, he can make great plays. Um Obviously, we knew we had issues and we weren't going to pass the ball a lot yesterday because of the receiver situation. But he went one for three with 11 yards and one interception. Now, I will not blame Tyrod for that interception. I think it was on Slayton. I don't know what he was doing, but he wasn't looking in the right area and like barely did anything to try and stop it. So I know that it goes against Taylor's stat line, obviously, but he um, I don't really think it was his fault. So. Taylor, our backup quarterback, goes out with a concussion. Now, obviously, after everything that happened with Tua, and thank God that Tua is okay, there are going to be changes with the concussion protocol. Now, I don't think that that takes effect until next week, but I can guarantee you that because of what happened with Tua and because our medical staff is already conservative, that there is a 99% chance that Taylor is probably not going to play on Sunday unless he passes whatever sort of testing they do with flying colors. So I, I think it's a long shot that he plays, which means we might be looking at Davis Webb, but we're not going to go there yet. Let's move along to the rushing. We're going to continue on this offense for a little bit because it's the uh, first time that they scored not only one touchdown, but two touchdowns in the first half. And we can thank Daniel Jones for those. Um, But it was exciting to lead lead by two touchdowns for a while. So Saquon had a career high 31 carries for 146 yards. And then Matt Breida, another great back, comes in, had three carries for 18 yards. Like I already talked about, great running game. Let's talk about the receiving because there's not a ton to talk about with this, but I want to go through the stats a little bit because of who's getting involved here. So Daniel Ballinger led the receivers with three receptions for 23 yards. Now, I talked about this earlier in the week that I expected to see more of the tight ends this game, and all of the tight ends played 50% of the snaps, which was a drastic increase than what they did the week before. So expect to see that week over week. We are going to see more from the tight ends, and I think that we're definitely going to see more specifically from Daniel Bellinger. And I know there's been a lot of improvement with him over the last few weeks. He is a rookie. There is that learning curve. He's got to work on some tech technique, but he's going to get there. And I feel really good about having him as our number one tight end. Now, right behind him, Tanner Hudson had a great um, catch one reception for 18 yards. He had a couple key blocks that helped Jones run those touchdowns in. So overall, feeling good about our tight end situation for now, which I know a lot of us were really concerned about going into the season. And, you know, it feels good that right now we're having some success with them. Saquon obviously um, used in the receiving game as well. He had two receptions for 16 yards. Slayton had one for 11. Now we already talked about the interception. And then he had another key drop, which luckily for him, he was able to draw pass interference and move the ball down the field. But again, you know, it's like Evan Ingram, right? Every week we talk about the same issues. And Slayton, he's got the speed, he's got the arms, he's got everything to be the perfect long ball receiver. And he just can't catch it. I don't know what it is. And it could be, you know, what we used to talk about with with Evan Ingram is maybe he just needed a fresh start elsewhere. And I don't keep 
track of Ingram, but I know he had um, he's had a little bit of success so far in Jacksonville. And I don't know if the same goes with Slayton. What I feel like is he's got an entirely new coaching staff and he can wipe out his history with all of the old coaching that he should be using that to his advantage. It could completely be a mind block thing that he's just lost his confidence in himself. And I I don't know how he's going to get it back, but um, it would be really nice for him to catch those long balls. They would make a really big difference for offense. So that's all I want to say about him. Um, okay, let's move along to Richie James, who had one reception for nine yards. He was used in the punt return. We all, I'm sure, saw that oh, botched punt return that he had where they turned the ball over. Can't be doing stuff like that. Now, Richie James normally is really good with ball security. So, look, every once in a while, shit happens. It is what it is. But I would like to never see that from him again this year. He's got one one mistake. He's like our number one wide receiver, so uh, he can't do stuff like that. Then again, maybe he shouldn't be used in the punt return game if he is our number one wide receiver, but I'm not the coaching staff, so... Um, all right, moving along to David Sills when one reception for five yards. And again, listen, I am team David Sills. I want nothing more for him than to become a starting wide receiver for the Giants and to really have success here. But when you see some of the mistakes he made yesterday, he dropped the ball, it's third and long, and he doesn't run the full route. Like those, those are the makings of, of someone who's probably not going to be a star wide receiver. And that's okay. We don't need every receiver to be a star wide receiver, but we need the average or the good receivers to make plays. And, you know, he just didn't do that yesterday. And I really, I we need to see him do that. And me specifically, I want nothing more for him to do that. And hopefully this week versus the Packers, if we get Wandale back, you know, I hope that elevates the receiver's across the board. Last but certainly not least is Kenny Galladay, who went zero for zero for zero for zero. Now, I didn't look up how many um, snaps he played, but he was targeted zero times. So he did actually play. So whether it was five snaps or 25 snaps, he was targeted zero times. So I don't know, guys. I don't know what the answer is. I, it is what it is. I, I'm so sick of talking about getting Kenny Holiday. I want to talk about him catching touchdowns. I want to talk about him being the best receiver on this team. I want to talk about him and Jones having a great connection and, you know, him, again, catching touchdowns, being used in the running game and, and everything. And that's not happening. So... I don't know. Well, we'll see what happens next week. I keep thinking every week he's going to get more involved. But, you know, if Wandale and Tony come back, he might be on the sidelines for the rest of the season or until Tony gets hurt again. But we'll see. Time will tell. I've had enough with Kenny Galladay. One more thing about the offense, because we cannot wrap up the offense without talking about the offensive line. And to all of the people, let me just first say, Spend less time on Twitter, everyone, across the board, because last week, 
The rookie Evan Neal has one bad game. He's going against Demarcus Lawrence, who's been in the league for a million years, one of the best players on the Cowboys and one of the best linemen, and just blew him up. And Evan said in his post game, you know, he just got he got destroyed, and he learned from it. And I heard from one of the beat writers who was in the building last week who just said, you know, Neil was pissed. He was pissed at himself that he didn't play at the level that he wanted to play. And he, you know, I'm sure was pissed that people are already like, oh, you know, the Giants first round pick is a bust, which is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But he redeemed himself. Neil had an amazing game yesterday and the whole offensive line. Even Glowinski, who went out with some sort of injury, came back in and they were in it. They were they fought and they did amazing in run blocking so Saquon could get through and so Jones could get through. And we saw it on those touchdown runs. We saw it on all the Saquon runs. Andrew Thomas was graded the number one on offense, according to PFF. And he just he just did a great job, you guys. So I feel better about the line. Listen, I know they're going to have bad days. It is what it is. The Cowboys line is really good. I don't expect them to play like they did yesterday every single game. I would love that. But everyone has a bad day once in a while. So I want to see them bounce back. And that's exactly what they did yesterday. So I hope that the success that they had yesterday, they can roll it into next week and they can keep the momentum going because they really just did a nice job. And, you know, that is what we've been wanting from this line so we can get it a get a good idea of who Daniel Jones as a quarterback really is. Overall, good day for the offense. Could have been better, 100%, but we're getting there. One step at a time. All right, let's move over to the defense because, you guys, we had six total sacks. Six. And it felt good. Felt really good. Um, overall, great day from the defense. You know, they obviously weren't perfect. They, you know, they didn't let Robert Mooney destroy them, which I was afraid of. But he did have some key big plays that they didn't stop. So I'd like to see them, like to see the defense improve upon that. But they held the Bears' offense to field goals only. No touchdowns, which is amazing. So overall, I think they did a great job. We need to talk about Dexter Lawrence, who probably had his best game as a Giant yesterday. And let me tell you, that guy was worth that fifth-year option, no doubt in my mind. I could see them re-signing him again. He had eight pressures and two sacks. And I know we talked about last week during the Cowboys game that, you know, with Leo Williams out, who was a huge loss to this line, that we needed other guys to step up. And I, I really wanted it to be Dexter. And I know, you know, he stepped up a little bit. He wasn't what I was hoping him to be, but... He redeemed himself yesterday. He did amazing. And this is the Dexter Lawrence that I have been really excited about. He's fun to watch. He was all over the place, getting in Fields' face, sacked him twice. Oh, my God. Great day for him. I love Dexter. 
really awesome day for him. It was exciting to watch. Um, let's move along to Thibodeau and Aziz, who are back in the game, like we talked about, a lot more than they were um, their first week back. So obviously a little bit, you know, they need to ramp up. But Tibbs had four pressures. Aziz had three. And now watching the two of them work when they were able to force the fumble – I'm pretty sure it was Aziz who forced the fumble on the Bears and then Thibodeau went and helped recover it. That is what I want to see out of these guys. And I really, I mean, I want to see them also sack the shit out of quarterbacks, but I loved the the tandem play that they had together was really fun to watch. And I think, you know, as the season goes on, we're going to continue to see more of that. I think Tibbs look like the Thibodeau that we all have been waiting for to look like. Um, Aziz also did have a sack yesterday. So just, just a great day. Someone else who we need to talk about who also, like Evan Neal, had a really tough game against the Cowboys, 100% redeemed himself yesterday. And that's Tay Crowder. Because he had 11 sacks, or uh, excuse me, 11 tackles, seven of them which were solo, he had a sack and a tackle for loss. I mean, when he had that first sack, I was like, here we go. That is exactly what he needed to redeem himself. Now, can he do that consistently? I don't know. Probably not. But a lot of these guys, and you know, this is what Lawrence Tynes has said, having obviously been a player and played in the league and for the Giants, said a lot of it comes down to confidence for these guys. And when they have bad games and they have bad days and it's all over the media and it's in their head and, you know, they can't escape it, they need somehow to build the confidence back up. We've seen it in Jones. We've seen it in Barkley. And I hope that we continue to see it in Crowder because the game that he had yesterday was amazing and we need him to continue on that. So another guy who did really well yesterday was Jalen Smith and you know Wink talked about bringing him in last week and saying that you know he just felt like he would really fit in with this defense and be a good addition to it and boy was he right. He had seven total tackles six of them were solo one tackle for loss. Xavier McKinney another good game out of him five total tackles two of them were solo. Um, Jihad Ward had four Belton four, McFadden four. This is also what I want to talk about is especially on this defense, we got to talk about the rookies because the, the coaching staff the last couple of years has been such a has done such a terrible job of drafting people in any round, whether it's the first round or the seventh round. They have not had any success. And in my opinion, a lot of it to do with the coaching staff, that yes, these guys are rookies and it's going to take them a little while to adjust. And, you know, the talent is what it is. But the coaching staff can build these guys up and help them improve. And I think in the past, we just have not have good enough coaching staff that have been able to do that. 
And when you look at guys like Belton, McFadden, even Thibodeau, you know, Tomon Fox, who wasn't even drafted, these guys are young, they're rookies, they're learning, but they're improving every single week. And that is going to be the biggest factor as to how the Giants continue to win games is steady improvement week after week. Now, if they go and play the Packers in London and everyone gets destroyed and they have a huge setback, that's something different. But I think that for the most part, we're going to see steady improvement. We have already four weeks in. So I'd like to see that continue throughout the rest of the season. Now, obviously, I don't think they're going to go into London and blow up the Packers. But if they can fight, if they can stay in the game, if every player gets a little bit better and we still lose the game, then we're still seeing progression and success. And for me, that's enough. We're in a rebuild, you guys. (laughs) Someone told me if they beat the Packers, then they think we're going to the Super Bowl, which is, listen, That's fine. But right now, we're not really a playoff team. There's so much that needs to be done and so much improvement that needs to be made. But the improvement is the most important part week after week, not necessarily the wins and losses, though. If you can't tell, our record um, does not reflect the talent of the team, but it reflects the fight and the teamwork. So, again, One thing at a time here. So for me, I think that covers off on the defense. Let me just check my notes real quick. Okay, so let's go through special teams, and then we are going to talk about the injuries. So I am never posting during the game again because this is what I get. Our buddy Graham Gano, who hits every single field goal he makes. The game-winning field goal in the last, what, two and a half, three minutes, he misses it. Right after I posted that we should give Graham Cano a 50-year extension because he is the MVP of this team. So I'm not doing that anymore because I 100% jinxed Graham Cano. So I'm done with that. But anyway, Graham Gano, he's always a bright spot. He's usually always on. You know, there were a couple snaps yesterday that looked a little fishy. Obviously, the um, missed snap last week, I think it was last week during Dallas, you know, special teams, uh, they still have some work to do. The, The tackling was a little bit better. Um, the field position, you know, Jamie Gillen, the punter, has been doing pretty well. His longest punt yesterday was 59 yards. But we've still got to see overall improvement from these guys. You know, Graham needs to make it every time. And again, every once in a while, these guys are allowed, you know, minor mistakes. But um, Graham usually is spot on. So I'm not worried about Gano by any means, but I am worried about special teams as a whole. They're still, they still got to get to guys faster. And I don't know if it's a speed thing. I don't know if it's just because they're missing tackles or what kind of seems like it's a little bit of everything, but they've got to improve. There's no doubt about that. So 
that covers it off on special teams. Now, uh, real quick, the schedule this week is the players are off today, Monday. Um, they are meeting with medical staff, trainers, all of that kind of thing. So they're back to practice tomorrow, and I expect that we'll get an update from Dable about all of the injuries on Tuesday. They, I believe they practice again Wednesday, and then Thursday they fly to London. They practice Friday in London. They have a walkthrough Saturday, and then obviously the game Sunday. So hopefully Dable has some injury updates tomorrow that we'll find out about, and then we'll get a better idea of who is going to be playing on Sunday. Now, I expect to have Wandale back and I expect that Leo is going to be looking a lot closer. And if he's not ready for the Packers, then he definitely should be ready for the Ravens. He was practicing on the sidelines last week, just not in group drills. He was kind of just running along the side with trainers and that kind of thing. So hopefully he's going to be back soon. All right, let's talk about the injuries. Because we've seen a lot of injuries to the Giants, and I don't think that we have seen anything as catastrophic as what happened yesterday with all of these players going down in one game. So I have some notes here from Dan Duggan, and this covers all of the injuries. So obviously we talked about Daniel Jones had an ankle injury. He was limping after the game, but he's not in a boot or crutches, which is good news. He is going to get an MRI today. And from what it seems like, it there's a chance also based on what Daniel said in his post game last night, that it might not be a high ankle sprain, which would be the best news. So hopefully it's something very minor that if taped up, he'll be good to go on Sunday. Again, we'll find out more tomorrow. Tyrod Taylor ruled out with a concussion. Kenny Galladay left with a knee injury. Did we miss him? Nope. He left in the third quarter. So, um, yeah. Didn't matter. Uh, right guard Mark Lewinsky. So he missed one series in the second quarter with an ankle injury. Now he did come back into the game. So hopefully that means that he's fine and good to go. Right tackle Evan Neal left with a neck injury in the third quarter. He was very optimistic post game and said that he felt fine. I am sure that he is getting extra testing done today and they're checking it out just to make sure it's not swollen or make sure that nothing changed overnight. So Hopefully, he will be back Sunday as well. Defensive lineman Henry Mondo, he was carted off with an ankle injury in the second quarter. I would say he's probably not coming back anytime soon. When you get carted off, it is not great. Doesn't look good for him. Um, Thibodeau said that he had a back spasm on the last drive, but that he's totally fine. So I'm sure he's getting that looked at again, too just to make sure, you know, that everything is okay. Aziz left with a calf injury on the last drive. Now, it's not the same leg that he was dealing with the calf injury before. So I guess that's better. But after the game, he expressed some optimism that he felt okay. So hopefully he is. Um, Julian Love was ruled out with a concussion. Now that was early on in the game. I believe it was in the second quarter. So he only had two tackles, um, cause he missed a good portion of the game, but he did tweet that he'll be back soon after the game. So hopefully, 
Um, it was a minor concussion. Now, to me, a concussion's a concussion. It doesn't matter. But um, again, with all of the concussion protocols changing, I don't know how, you know, if a minor concussion versus a major concussion makes a big difference. I think what they'll start to do is consider a concussion a concussion. So he might have to deal with the same protocol and time off and all of that stuff that Tyrod Taylor is going to deal with. So we'll see about that. Um, And then last up is cornerback Aaron Robinson. He left with a knee injury in the second quarter. He walked out of the locker room post game with his knee heavily wrapped. So we're not getting Aaron Robinson back next week. I would say I'm not You know, it's a knee injury, and if it's fully wrapped like that, obviously, I'm not a doctor. I have no idea what it is, but he's not playing against the Packers. I think that's a fair assessment. So, as always, I will keep you guys posted on what this week is going to look like, especially what happens with the injuries. So, Thank you for listening to the episode today. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. It's called the Everything New York Giants Podcast. And again, I'm Adriana, your host. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at New York Giants Fangirl. Thank you guys for listening. Please rate and subscribe. And I'll be back next week to cover off on the Giants versus Packers.